Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Irish on Tap, a podcast about the Notre Dame Fighting Irish presented to you by On Tap Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300. We got the Twitter back down. I don't even know if you guys know this, but my Twitter was hacked in the time that we've been away, and I had to start all over again. But that is neither here nor there. We have arrived to game week. The Tax Slayer Gator Bowl is on the docket. That's what we got this year. You just can, you know, you can just play who's in front of you. And we have a chance at another ranked team to put down uh, in South Carolina, who has been on a phenomenal run the last few weeks of the season and an opportunity to get to nine wins in a season that we have not really looked our best. Uh, Transitional season, obviously, with a new head coach, but a season that there was a lot of growth and a lot of stuff has happened since the last time we've talked. Drew Pine has announced that he will transfer, and he is transferring to Arizona State. So for this bowl game, could be Buckner, could be Angeli. You know, we don't really know what we're going to see out there. I guess we'll kind of just find out uh, when we get out there on Friday. But it's a quality game. It's not, you know, the New Year's Six that we kind of wanted and could have gotten if we beaten USC, but we didn't. And, of course, because college football is a fickle bitch, we – play one of our worst games of the season against USC, and then what do they do? They go and play their worst game of the season against Utah and get pounded in the uh, Pac-12 championship game. So they don't even get to the college football playoff. Uh, Caleb Williams ends up winning the Heisman, so good for him. But looking at this bowl game, I want to win this game just as bad as anybody else, right? Bowl games have not been our friend since the turn of the century. And... It's just a positive time to have a couple extra weeks of practice, a couple extra week with the guys to get more momentum towards next season. And you have an opportunity to go out there and win a game against a ranked opponent in South Carolina with Spencer Rattler, who's been playing phenomenal football down the stretch of this season, and a team coached by Frank Beamer, who – has just really been on their game. I mean, they're eight and four. They're in the SEC. It's not like, you know, they're beating cupcake teams. I'm going to pull up their schedule and just go through a couple of them. But I know, I know they beat Tennessee. Uh, I bet on them that game, which is crazy, but I bet on them live. And obviously they came through and they beat Clemson. Yeah. So a little bit of up and down to start the season. They start the season two and two uh, with a win in Georgia State, lost to Arkansas, lost to Georgia. Obviously, they beat Charlotte and South Carolina State, as they should. Two awful teams. Their like coming out party on the season was a win against Kentucky, who at the time was ranked 13, and they beat them at Kentucky. Uh, Texas A&M, they beat 30-24, to lost to Mizzou 23-10. to Mizzou's a tough team. Uh, Vanderbilt, they won 38-27. to They got smoked by Florida, which actually makes no sense because Florida's so mid this year. And then they beat Tennessee 63-38, to and they beat Clemson 31-30 to to close the season out. But one player that I know is in the transfer portal that I don't know if they'll play this game is uh, – one player that I know for sure is in the transfer portal and I don't know if they'll play in this game is Jaheim Bell. He committed to Florida State and his status for this game, yeah, he's not playing. So it is what it is. Positive for us 
We'll probably see him when he goes to Florida State as we play Florida State like damn near every year. So that'll be interesting to see uh, when we do get a chance to see him. But I'm glad we don't have to see him on Friday. And this is an offense that is capable of scoring a lot of points uh, on the season. Let's take a look and see what they're averaging on the season. Yeah, so 31.7 points per game on the season, giving up about 27.5. And... Their stat leader, so obviously Rattler, 2780, 16 tutties. Marshawn Lloyd, 111 carries for 573 yards. And then Antoine Wells, uh, 898 yards on 63 receptions. But in Bell, see what they're losing because they're also without their other tight end as well. So yeah, Austin Stogner's not playing, he's accounted for 20 catches. 210 yards, and then Jaheim Bell, 25, 231, two tutties. So that's a good chunk of their passing offense. I mean, about 450 yards, 45, so about a, just a good solid 10 yards a pop every time they get their hand on the ball. But I think that this is a team that feeds off of momentum. And if we come out and play our brand of football and run the football – and block well and get a good push from the front front seven on defense. Just do what we've been doing all parts of the season, with the exception of maybe a couple games, USC and Ohio State. But but yeah, just come out and play Notre Dame football. For fuck's sake, like Tyler Buckner will probably be the quarterback. Tyler Buckner is more of a runner than Drew Pine. And he's a talented runner. I like when he runs the football and I like when we have designed runs for him, whether it's, whether it's the RPO or just quick draws, just keep him engaged in the running game because it helps build everything else up. It gives him confidence. Almost just like throwing those little short routes, those little five yard out routes or those slant routes that build your confidence as a quarterback throwing the ball. Those runs build confidence for Tyler Buckner running the football on the topic of quarterback. A side note, unrelated to the bowl game, Notre Dame is the favorite to land Sam Hartman, the all-time leading touchdown thrower in ACC history. Absolute rocket for an arm. Tough son of a bitch. Went through a bunch of medical issues. Had to get medically cleared to even play this year. And is an absolute warrior. And no disrespect to Tyler Buckner, no disrespect to Steve, no disrespect to Drew Pine. Obviously, he's not even with us anymore. But if we're able to land Sam Hartman in the transfer portal, instant title contenders. Don't care what anyone says. Instant title contenders. Give me a Sam Hartman future for the Heisman. Give me a Notre Dame future to get to the college football playoff and to win the title. But... Yeah, just transcendent quarterback talent that we have not seen at Notre Dame. Yeah, Ian Book was great, won a lot of football games, did not check all the boxes that you would want for, you know, your prototypical quarterback at the college football level. But the way I look at it, man, is that'd be great, all things considered, if we could get him, but he's not going to be out there on Friday and we have to try and find a way to win a football game with Tyler Buckner at the helm. And if we're not able to get Sam Harmon in the portal, 
what a great stepping stone game for Tyler Buckner because he didn't really have a great run at it this season. He didn't really play that well when he was given opportunities. I've said it on the show before this year that, you know, Drew Pine played better quarterback this year than Tyler Buckner. And it is what it is. Like, they're both young. Drew Pine has been a backup for his whole time here at Notre Dame, and I'm sure he saw this season as an opportunity to go out there, put his best foot forward, put some tape out there, and then land somewhere in the transfer portal, and that's exactly what he did. Hats off to him. Wish him nothing but the best at Arizona State. But this season was built on running the football. This season was built on playing tough defense and blocking well. Like, I am very excited to see us out there this Friday. I've been, I mean, dude, I'm a fucking Bears fan. I'm a Bears fan, a Notre Dame fan, an NIU fan. NIU was awful this year. The Bears are in a battle for the number one pick. And Notre Dame has given me, like, all of my meaningful moments uh, this football season, really, if you think about it. And it wasn't even that great of a season. But an opportunity to knock off another ranked team, an opportunity to move up maybe in the top 15 in the final poll for the season, an opportunity to get a bowl win. Brian Kelly didn't win a lot of bowl games when he was with us. Charlie Weiss didn't win a lot of bowl games when he was with us. Tyrone Willingham didn't win a lot of bowl games when he was with us. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the trend of Notre Dame after the turn of the century, after the millennium, the start of the new millennium. We have not been up to par to what our fan base has known. And unfortunately for me, that's been all I've known as a Notre Dame fan is, you know, like my highlight wins. I'd say my highlight wins are are both Clemson games. Those were both just like the first Clemson game was obviously kept us in the, in the college football playoff race. And then the second Clemson game, man, I lost, you know, I lost my dog that exact week. And that's who I watch all the games with. And he was, you know, always wearing his little Notre Dame jersey and all that. So that was a tough game for me. But, you know, to sit here at 28 and say that, like, my two most meaningful wins have been regular season games just to keep us in the race to get to the college football playoff is sad. Sucks, dude. Like, there's plenty of Notre Dame fans that have seen a lot more greatness than I have. And I one day want to be able to say, that I've seen Notre Dame win a national championship. And and I think that there's a lot of work to do, obviously, as we're playing in the Gator Bowl this week. But what can you do? You put one foot forward and just continue to progress the program. And I think that with the backs that we have, hopefully we can hold on to all of them. Hopefully we can hold on to Diggs, Estime, and Chris Tyree. But because in this day and age – if you're not you – know, all those guys are number ones. They probably could play as a number one at any other school. So we, it would, I would be interested to see, you know, what happens with that. But if we can hold on to all three backs, add more talent in the receiver room, and uh, land Sam Hartman, the sky's the limit. But for this game, I mean, it's a showcase for those that – will not be wearing the blue and gold again, a final opportunity to put your best foot forward in a bowl, you know, setting 
for the NFL scouts, for the players that are coming back in the program. Like I said earlier in the show, this is the perfect opportunity for you to go out there and put your best foot forward for Coach Freeman and that staff to, you know, get yourself in a better position for next season. And Coach Freeman, an opportunity to get a bull win because last season's bull game still gives me nightmares. You're absolutely shit pumping Oklahoma State. Jack Cohn looks great. Everybody on the team has a touchdown at the half, and then you just completely die out. And I think they'll be very critical on how they manage the game this year, uh, given the circumstances on how it was handled last year. And I think that for us, we're just looking to end the season on a positive note, right? You beat great teams this year. You lost to some stinkers, but you have an opportunity uh, to play against an SEC opponent, which is always going to be a great, you know, battle. And you go out there and you try to find a way to win one for the seniors, win one for your fan base. And it's a vacation too. I mean, you're in Florida. I'm sure. I mean, I've been in Illinois the last, well, I mean, I've been in Illinois my whole life, but Illinois the last two weeks has been absolutely awful. So I can only imagine South Bend has been just about as bad, but right now, Coming off that loss against USC before that, Notre Dame was playing. We were playing some of our best football. You know, we beat the shit out of Syracuse, beat the shit out of Clemson. I was very worried about those games leading up uh, when we were kind of in that limbo off the Stanford loss. But from the Stanford loss on, they won five in a row. Yeah, so, yeah, they won five in a row. They had the – five-game winning streak there, and then the three-game winning streak in the middle of the season where it's just kind of like Stanford was that bridge game. If we don't lose that game, chance to win 10, but we lost it, so we're here. And four losses on this season with this schedule, given what we lost last year and just the kind of state of the program, I'm fine with. And like I said earlier in the show, or earlier in the season of the show, not on this show, is that I'm extremely proud of where this team got to in this season. Had they won the USC game, I would have been ecstatic. Obviously, they didn't. But you have an opportunity in South Carolina to at least put one more win in the win column. And I think, too, with Spencer Rattler, He's a polarizing figure because this is a guy that at one point was considered like a Heisman favorite at Oklahoma. And then in that same season, he got benched. And then obviously everybody left Oklahoma. So he ends up at South Carolina. And in his first year in South Carolina, he's had ups and downs, wasn't great, but found ways to win football games. And towards the end of this season has really started to polish off his resume towards uh, the NFL draft again. I don't think he's going to be a first-round draft pick, but he's doing things that people expected of him from QB1 and from when he was just that little kid that looked like Sid from Toy Story. And I think that our secondary is probably one of the weaker points of our team. So this is a game that their strengths play into our weaknesses. But if we can do what we do, Eliminate the turnovers, run the football, use the three-headed monster, man. Don't make it harder than it has to be. So many times you see coaches 
do things that make the game harder than it has to be. And with three backs that all have different qualities that can all bring different things to the table, you have to go out there and utilize all three of them. Utilize Michael Meyer in his last game at Notre Dame. He's a top 10 pick as projected right now by Mel Kuyper and Tom McShay from ESPN. Probably going to be the best tight end prospect to come out of college since Gronk. Maybe even better than Gronk. Obviously, he has to do it at the NFL level for me to say that uh, as an NFL player. But prospect, simply the prospect, the intangibles, the measurables, the testing, the stats, and what he did at the college level is all there for Michael Myers. So that's someone that I really look forward to seeing play on Sundays. And I look forward to him having uh, a great and final game here at Notre Dame. I do want to take a look and see uh, what's going on with the numbers for this game because I saw ESPN gave us about a 63% chance to win the game. And as far as spread, so it's minus two and a half. Uh, It's not bad. I'm probably going to bet that for sure. I don't see any props yet. If I do see props, I do kind of want to put together a same game parlay for this game because why not? Last year on on the Oklahoma State game when Kevin Austin scored that walk-off touchdown, I won like 750 bucks. So uh, we'll definitely be putting together a same game parlay for the vibes, but there are no apps or no props. So we'll figure out what ends up happening for game day. But minus two and a half is a very bettable number. I really like Notre Dame in that spot at minus two and a half. Uh, I wish I would have put more on North Carolina plus 13 tonight, but I will be putting a couple of units, I'll say, uh, on Notre Dame. as a, I'm, I got the day off on Friday. I'll be having some drinks chilling, watching the game. And then obviously, too, uh, with more time on my hands, I'll have a standalone show after the game to recap uh, the game. But some of the other numbers, the over-under is 51. Uh, The Notre Dame team total is not listed. It's only listed in halves. That's strange by DraftKings. Check it out on on Rivers, our friends over at Rivers. So for Notre Dame's team total, Notre Dame's team total is 26 and a half, and it's minus 124. Don't hate that, just a little bit more juice, but I'd way rather take the minus two and a half. Don't really know how I feel about the over-under at 51, but if I had to lean one way or the other, I would say the over. Offensively, going into this game, I think they get the 28 points. I think I think total, they'll finish this one. They'll win this one 31 to 27. So that's an overscore and a cover at the all-in-one. But I'll say that offensively, our player of the game for this game is Audra Gustame. This is a guy that was built to play in the SEC. This is a guy that's built to play on Sundays. This is a guy that's built like goddamn Eric Dickerson at this point. And I'm going to be really excited to see how he matches up against an SEC defense and how our offensive line matches up against an SEC defense. I think that while I said 
all three backs will see carries in this game. And obviously, you know, Diggs and and uh Diggs and Tyree will get catches out of the backfield. I think that the feature back as and this is, you know, obviously I'm not breaking news or anything with this, but the feature back for this game has to be estimate. And I think that he is the key to victory in this game on the offensive side of the ball. Get him over hundred yards, find him the end zone or let him find the end zone twice and let the rest take care of itself. I really do think that we could get an Audric estimate masterclass in this game. But as far as the defensive side of the ball, final game in a Notre Dame jersey, final game coming off that edge, the all-time leader in sacks at Notre Dame, my guy, Isaiah Foskey. I think it's the clear-cut favorite to be the player of the game. It has to be. And I want to see him in the backfield with some tackles for loss, and I want to see him get sacks. But final stat line, I'll say I'll say one sa- one and a half sacks and a total of five tackles. Score, which is – oh, yeah, I, I did say a score prediction, didn't I? So for the score – I will say I'll double down on it just to you know reiterate, but it will go thirty-one to twenty-seven Notre Dame, and players of the game, like I said, are Audric Esme. Defensively, uh, I got to go with my guy Isaiah Foskey, and then special teams just do do the damn thing, kick the field goals, kick the punts, do do the tweets, make sure everything stays in bounds. Uh, the special teams units have been pretty solid this year. At least until the announcers say something about it. But I think that this game has an opportunity for us to really just put a nice ribbon on a season that was very chaotic at points, but a season that towards the end of it, we really came to play and we really wrote our wrongs. And I think that going into the schedule that we have for next season with the recruits that we've been able to get with the transfers that we'll be able to get. Hopefully it's Sam Hartman. I'm going to knock on wood right now. This is turned into the Sam Hartman podcast, but the future is very bright here at Notre Dame. It is what it is with how we lost Brian Kelly in that whole situation. But Marcus Freeman is my coach. Uh, Tommy Reese is my coordinator, at least until he gets a head coaching job. But I like the stat, the state of the program right now. I know it's not necessarily where we need to be, but it's moving in the right direction. And for it to move further in that right direction, you need to get a victory out there on Friday. The game kicks off at 2.30. Uh, it is on ESPN. Um, and I got to see what stadium it is that they're playing. The stadium is – oh, it's where the Jaguars play. T-I-A-A Bank Field. So there's the hot tub there in the uh, end zone. Weather-wise, it's going to be 74 degrees. So, yeah, I love the over even more, uh, all things considered, after hearing uh, what the weather will be like. But find a way to go out there, win a football game, and just continue to move in that right direction and win, lose, or draw. We're going to be with you guys on the other side to recap it. Hopefully it's a Notre Dame win. I'm excited to get back on the Twitter account. I know the Twitter account has been a little dormant for a while. 
There hasn't been too crazy of news that have gone on, but I look forward to another afternoon of live tweeting, an afternoon of cold drinks, and an afternoon of watching our blue and gold dominate out there on the field and finding a way to win a football game for us to wrap this season up, send us into the new year the right way. But like I said, win, lose, or draw, be with you guys on the other side to recap the South Carolina game and the Gator Bowl. Hopefully it's another Notre Dame win and find a way to get us moving in the right direction for next season. But whether it's your first episode, listen with us for this season or you know, your 15th, I really do appreciate you for supporting the show. We'll be back to you guys. Uh, probably be live over the weekend, maybe at some point on Saturday, but we'll officially tweet it out on Monday just because that's how that stuff works. But we appreciate you all for joining us and nothing else for you guys. Irish by a fucking thousand and go Irish. Irish.